Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordane Searles. I'm Kyle Calgren. And this week, we have an undertaking. We do? A true, true undertaking. Um, you mean we have to bury it? Yes. Ah, okay. I mean, I feel like it's already buried. I actually feel like we <laughs> might actually give this film more attention than it deserves just by doing an episode on it. Like dragging it up and like, oh God, we can make it a meme. Oh no, what if we turn it into like a troll two kind of thing? Yeah. Oh no. Everyone, make listen to this podcast and make everyone care about, what was this movie called again? The film this week is called Two of a Kind from 1983. Directed by John Hersfeld in his theatrical debut uh i'm not familiar with the filmography of don hertzfeld john Hertzfeld. john hertzfeld oh right don hertzfeld is the stick figure guy <laughs> right <laughs> my anus is bleeding <laughs> oh my God. by the way uh fantastic watch his stuff prior to directing Two of a kind. <laughs> I don't know Are why. Are you all right? I don't know. I am short-circuiting. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing short-circuit. That's for a later episode. Um, prior, dire- <laughs> prior to directing Two of a Kind, uh, John directed two ABC after-school specials, <laughs> one of which is called Stoned. The second is called Run, Don't Walk. Okay, so it's about... Um so it's about masonry and cardio, respectively. Who knows? I <laughs> after school specials are before my time because I am a babby. Uh, so I two of a kind was his theatrical debut. He wrote and directed this film. This is a really interesting cast to get for your first film. Yeah, the cast is the most interesting part of it because apparently there's a lot riding on this because this is a follow-up to a much more beloved romantic comedy. Yeah, this is clearly supposed to be like the re-teaming of John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John in the first time since Greece. A lot was riding on this and it, their love, finger quotes, is bolstered by a cast that includes Charles Durning, Oliver mm-hmm. Reed, Scatman <laughs> Crothers, Beatrice Strait, Ernie Hudson... And the uncredited voice of Gene Hackman as God. Just to reiterate, Gene Hackman as God. So I I was having trouble articulating. I hate this movie. Um, Yeah, you were like... I was furious from... From the beginning, really. I, I, was I, I very disconnected mad. from it. It was very... It reminded me a lot of Ghosts Can't Do It. And I shouldn't have to compare any movie to anything made by John Derrick. Like that's really I don't know Ghost can't do it. You don't know John John Derrick. He made he's a very creepy old man who married a teenager, Bo Derrick, and made movies oh. with her, including oh. including Ghost Can't Do It. 
um, Bolero. Uh-huh. Uh, other shit. I don't right. know. That was a Golden Globus joint, wasn't it? Bolero. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. He, it would be. It's This movie is only a little bit more tolerable than Ghosts Can't Do It. <laughs> And Ghosts Can't Do It is one where a woman is a movie where a woman is with an older man. He dies and she's trying to move on. And he, from beyond the grave, tries to control her sex life. Uh, oh, OK. How is this not a horror movie? <laughs> so I'm just Being saying. Being haunted by the ghost of your lover. Actually, that. That could be an interesting remake of Blythe Spirit if they were, like, smarter about it. No, but. no. And Two of a Kind. Mm. Two of a Kind is the story of two... Ter- I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's weird because I think both of the people are supposed to be terrible. But really, like, Olivia Newton-John is just annoying. And John She's, Travolta is a criminal. <laughs> yeah, he's a straight-up criminal. They open with him robbing the bank where she works. And because another of the tellers think, based on the way they're looking at each other, because they're kind of flirting while he's robbing her. Uh-huh. It's it's a meat cute with, like, a gun. Is there a gun involved? I, I want to say. I, I don't know. I just, I, all I remember is that wig and that mustache that John Travolta is oh, wearing when he does, he wears, like, a long blonde wig. <laughs> right, yeah, a long blonde wig and a jet black Freddie Mercury-style mustache. It's amazing. Um, it's, it's a, con- <laughs> It says, look at me, I am in disguise. (laughs) He might as well have been wearing Groucho glasses. (laughs) Yeah, they kind of, and so they kind of have this, like, their connection is so electric that the bank teller sounds the alarm, another bank teller sounds the alarm, and Olivia Newton-John gets fired because it seems like it's a conspiracy and that she was also trying to steal the money. Well, yeah, and she did kind of cooperate. She did, because she thought that she just couldn't, Resist. He's so dreamy. This is my Australian <laughs> accent. Please don't at me. Oh yeah, you know what's at least at least Olivia Newton-John is speaking in her Australian accent in this. Whereas like in Greece, it was like she was trying to hide it, but it would just like come out in well, random in, places. Well, in Greece, they mentioned that she was the character is Australian. Oh like, yeah, in the they script, do, and they like they make fun of her from it. They they do. About, You're gonna do the she kangaroo. Sounds, she sounds way more Australian in this though. Yeah, because she's Olivia Newton-John now. Oh, yeah. And they didn't have to, like, work around her accent now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you think that the backstory was just kind of like an excuse? Because it's like, oh, it's going to, like, slip out, so we might as well make an excuse. Yeah, the backstory is probably an excuse, like the same way that they did for Schwarzenegger throughout his entire career. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I I can't even begin to really um, talk about... Everything that's wrong with two of a kind. Well, we might so, as well start with the with the premise, the pitch. Well, before that, I pulled up a review. All I, right. I pulled up a review, Roger Ebert's review from nineteen eighty three, oh. and the opening line is "Give me a break." <laughs> Don't send me any more movies where four angels in heaven ask God to give mankind a second chance and God agrees on the condition that John Travolta reforms. This movie should have been struck by a lightning bolt. (laughs) (laughs) Right as always, right as always. Rest in power, Roger. (laughs) 
I, I really think that he he's as angry about this movie well, as the, I am. Well, the premise is, I mean, it would be like weird and stupid and forgettable enough if it was just, you know, these people need to get together. If it was just like a criminal and bank teller getting together for a romance. But no, it's the fate of all humanity okay. <laughs> that is riding on their romance. So basically, we start with like Scatman Carruthers. Uh, Who's an angel. Who's an angel. He's in heaven. He's looking for his golf ball, which is white, even though he lives among the clouds. And you would think that golf balls would be a different color, so they'd be easier to find if you live in the clouds, you know, in heaven. But anyway, he's Wouldn't look- heaven actually have, like, a decent green paved over specifically for playing golf? You would think. You would think. Uh, um, um, I don't know. But, um, so he's looking for his ball and blah, blah, blah. He runs into other angels, including Charles Durning, and then they run into God, which is just a giant a giant light, a giant glowing light that talks to them with the voice you know, like of Gene in, Hackman. Like in Bill and Ted. Um, like the God in Bill and Ted. And God is like, I left you in charge for 25 years. And this is what happened. And this film starts in 1983. So I guess if you like think back, 25 years is about like sometime in like the late, mid to late fifties, he just kind of bounced. Yeah, fifty eight. Yeah, he just bounced. And so what happened in nineteen fifty eight to make him leave? Who knows? The Suez Canal? Maybe he built? like met a black person. <laughs> I mean this is a very this is a very conservative God. God. Well cause God like rolls up and he's just like he's just like oh because I'm trying to figure out what specifically is wrong with nineteen eighty three. I mean it would be one thing if he was just like, 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 was Nixon president or Reagan? Reagan. Ronald Reagan was elected Ronald, in 1980. Ronald Reagan. Right. I mean, right, right. they were in the throes. America was in the throes of the Reagan revolution, the rise of uh, conservatism. Yeah. What if, what if, what if, the, <laughs> what if God was just like, man, fuck Reagan. Like, this is some he's bullshit. Not. He's very, um, He's very dodgy about his uh, criteria for, you know, wickedness. Yeah, I'm not sure who he's mad at. It's very hard to tell what he's mad about. And then his credentials, like what what he wants. Why do I say credentials? Does God have credentials? Don't, let, let's, let's look at God's resume, yes. <laughs> but like what he, what he seems to want is like, because he's just like, okay, I'm ready to wipe out everything and end everything. This was a good run. Fuck it. And the angels are like, no, no, no. And so they so they basically pick out John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. And they're just like, okay, if these two people can fall in love, then humanity will be saved. Why did these why does it matter that it's these two white people? There's like nothing interesting about them. Other than they're the fact that they're John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, who were like big then. Sandy, are you Th- glad? My, are you glad that you got that out? Yeah, I'm glad I got that out. The, yeah, let's, I mean, okay, <laughs> like let's look at what John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John were doing in 1983. Because I mean, you know, there is Greece. Greece was in 1978. Yeah, um, like a good five years. Yeah, five years. Um, I guess trying to keep their the star on- ball rolling. The only star movie. Ball? The only movie that Olivia Newton-John makes. Between Greece and Two of a Kind is Xanadu. I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> 
witches. <laughs> Is you that would, a romance? Can that show up on this podcast? You would think, I don't know. I, I, I like, you would think that like after doing Xanadu, you would not do another thing like this, but I guess she thought that it was like a safe bet. Like, okay, I, we tried on Xanadu and it didn't work out. It was a flop. Like we made a gamble. It didn't work. So now we're going to go back to basics, but you going back to basics involves like God and angels and Oliver Reed playing the devil dressed as a pimp. Right. Oliver Reed is the devil dressed as a pimp and it's wonderful, but honestly, I, okay. In this movie's defense. Okay. Um, it does look cheap. It does. I mean, okay. In the okay, I need to explain why that's defense. Uh, it looks like the movie was um, was be, was pitched on the strength of its stars alone, and just everything else was like shot on a studio backlot, um, and probably in sets that they had like on hand, interior of a bank, interior of a jail cell, um, just to keep costs down, and it wouldn't be as. Ma- as big of a flop as if, say, they had gotten a roller rink and hired special roller dancers and choreographed many different musical numbers and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So it seems like a safer bet than Xanadu, honestly. It. In retrospect. If I was an actor and I was desperate to keep my, um, to stay in the public spotlight, yeah, I might do a dumb thing like this. So... I mean, God was popular in the 80s. This is true. This is true. Uh, for some reason. Who, who remember? Oh, yeah. Weren't, the, Gene- weren't those Oh God movies in the 80s? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so John Travolta, he, of course, was in more things. You know, John Travolta had a much you know, longer and continues to have a much longer film career than she does. And, you know, he was in Carrie, very notable role in Carrie, very good movie, Saturday Night Fever. People like it. I don't really. Because um, he does the dancing good. Uh, Grease, of course. And then, of course, <laughs> the same year he did Grease, he did Moment by Moment with Lily Tomlin, which is another notorious flop that will probably end up on this podcast. W- one thing about Moment by Moment that I just realized while looking at this Wikipedia page is that it's directed by Lily Tomlin's wife, like girlfriend at the time. <laughs> this is great. Uh-huh. Because it's a movie about a romance between Lily Tomlin and John Travolta directed by Lily the Tom. woman who fucks <laughs> Lily Tomlin. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's I great. Mean, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's a pretty open secret that uh, John Travolta's closeted, right? Uh... You can cut allegedly. This, allegedly. Allegedly. But y- he's also allegedly a Scientologist. There's oh, no, no way to prove that. He's definitely a Scientologist. 100%. Okay. I stand by that. I don't that. want to spread any rumors about uh, No, no, no. That's yeah. true. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he did Moment by Moment, which was a flop. He did Urban Cowboy, which is a personal favorite of mine. Love Urban Cowboy. Um, Deborah Winger is wonderful in it. Um, <laughs> Then he does Blowout, which is supposedly really good. Uh, I've never seen Blowout. It's been on my list forever. It's a De Palma joint, so. Neither have I. And then he does (laughs) Staying Alive. (laughs) Staying Alive. Staying Alive and Two of a Kind came out in the same year. He had a year of Ah. two giant, like, it's nuts. And then he did Perfect right after that, which is also bad. He doesn't actually, John Travolta doesn't actually recover 
from the death of his career, basically since Urban Cowboy. Well, actually, since until you know, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction really brings him back. He does do look, two Look Who's Talking movies, so if you're a woman, that matters. It matters to me. Actually, no, he did three. He did all three Look Who's Talking. Good good for him. <laughs> good for, good him, for, for him for sticking with that franchise. All right. Yes. I got laughs. <laughs> um. So this, the reason why we're not talking a lot about this movie is because there's really not a lot to say. Um, John Travolta robbed the bank because he's an inventor. One of his inventions <laughs> includes edible sunglasses, which Olivia Newton-John, like, very rightly says is kind of shit. <laughs> um. I don't know. What would an edible sunglass? What would a, what would a pair of edible sunglasses taste like? Do you think? Why would you want to eat your sunglasses after wearing them? You just have to buy new sunglasses. Aren't all sunglasses edible if you really believe in yourself? <laughs> Another really obnoxious thing about this movie is that the soundtrack is well. The score is terrible, and uh, the score made me want to hurt people. Um, but not only that, but when we're not hearing the score, we're hearing Olivia Newton-John songs in this Olivia Newton-John movie. And it's not a musical like Grease was. We're just well, hearing her songs over scenes where acting should be happening. <laughs> well... If I was a hack Hollywood producer and I wanted this movie to desperately make money and I was desperate for this movie to make money, I, yeah, I pepper it with the songs of one of the stars. Cross promotion. It's not even that this music is bad. I mean, it's just pretty like generic, like dance music, really. It's Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, it's not even that it's bad music. It's just that it doesn't work. And it's not really great at setting a romantic tone. The only way that it would work is if this was a movie that took place in a disco or something. (laughs) Because it's dance music. You can't set a tone with dance music when people are just walking around and sitting on benches and shit. Like, it just doesn't work. Look... (laughs) Right, the the romantic montage where they're just, you know, laughing and, like, eating ice cream on the shores of Brooklyn or whatever, wherever there are, wherever they are. And what's... (laughs) And, like, what's even, (laughs) what makes this movie, this bad movie, even more meta is the fact that Olivia Newton-John wants to be an actress. And so you see scenes often of her, like, trying to act, and it's, like, bad. And, like, it's not actually that different than the acting that she does in the movie. Like, there's not a huge difference between her fake bad acting and her real acting. I mean, am I wrong about that? You're not wrong. <laughs> you are absolutely unwrong. And I and I don't have anything against Olivia Newton John. Like I there was one summer where I watched Grease every day. Tell me more, tell me more. Like it was just it was constantly on VH1 and I just watched it over and over again. I never got tired of it. I Did you I, get very far? <sighs> like, did he have a car? You're like on the other side of the table and I can't touch you. <laughs> I deserve a slap for that, don't I? Um, shoot, pop, pop, shoot, pop, pop. 
Grease is let me let me let me say something. If we ever do Grease on this podcast, there will be a lot of gushing. I do not think that Grease is a bad movie. I know that a lot of people think that Grease is a bad movie. They are incorrect. A lot of people also think that Grease Two is a bad movie. They are also incorrect. Just so we're clear, we're clear. If they pop up on this podcast, like I'm sure that like maybe Bronwyn argues with me, and I don't mind arguing with Bronwyn because she's you know, good at arguing her with her point and she's like a nice person with good opinions, but like <laughs> like when you put them up against something like two of a kind, I don't know how it's not obvious that they're both better <laughs> than this and like enjoyable. I mean, Grease 2 does have that reproduction thing. <laughs> but oh boy. Reproduction. Great yeah, song. Reproduction. Um <laughs> Yeah, but, like, so much of this is just, like, this weird, like, Looney Tunes thing where it's just, like, you've got one angel on the shoulder and one devil on the shoulder, except the angel and the devil spend more time talking to each other than they do, even really directly influencing anything that Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta do. Yeah, a lot of it is just, like, debating over... No, not even debating, just bantering. What's really interesting is that, like, some of this, like takes elements from cabin in the sky which is which is weird and i also felt like a sense that cabin in the sky for viewers who aren't familiar is oh it's um isn't it a vincent minnelli joint it's a vincente minnelli joint with uh, in um it's uh 1941 too i'm not something like that the exact date it has um it has rochester eddie rochester in it um ethel waters Lena Horn got a lot of like good musical numbers. The plot, I, I don't really care that much for the plot, but I think. Yeah, well, the plot is a man is doomed to salvation or damnation, depending on how well he does in the, uh, in a, under a certain time period. Like, and, yeah, and if whether he has or to not, be good to his wife and that. Yeah. Thing. Does he pick his God fearing wife or does he pick the harlots and like all this stuff? Yeah. Yeah, similar kind of thing with like, you know, divine judgment and the fate of a soul at hand, except it's not a soul. It's all of humanity. Yeah. It would be, and this movie would just be boring and cookie cutter if it wasn't writing, if the apocalypse wasn't like the stakes. But it just doesn't feel like, oh, also, uh, before we go back to this movie, because I hate talking about it, um, did you feel like Kevin Smith saw this movie before making Dogma? <laughs> because I did. It was just like, what if we took these elements and made them not bad? Like actually showed an interest in theology? Yes. Uh, I could see that. I kind of feel like Dogma is the good version of this movie. (laughs) So where do you get the shit monster idea? I don't don't know. (laughs) Maybe the shit monster is supposed to be Travolta. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But yeah, this the apocalypse is riding on this relationship, but this these are just like two, you know, okay, there are ways for two like really average people to be really interesting. Cinema has been doing that kind of thing forever, you know, t- to ordinary people with an extraordinary love or an extraordinary adventure. But this film, like this screenplay and their performances are just not really up to the task because these two actors can really only do comedy and well, it is a comedy. Yeah. But 
it's very hard for the fate of the world. Like you can mix comedy and drama and, but like it's difficult and it's very hard to have the fate of the world riding on a pair that really could easily be like bad Looney Tunes characters or something. (laughs) Well, that it's, I, hmm, trying to think, are there, does God show up in Looney Tunes cartoons? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, what's the pitch for this movie? I don't know. We can, we can re, I don't know. We can rewind. Oh, right. That's time. That's God's main power. Like divine power looks like the use of a VCR. Yeah. Rewind and fast forward. And, and drop rain on everyone to make them calm down. Right. Oh, right. Cause there's that, uh, that fight between Durning and Reed and he just rains on their parade. Literally. Yeah. Figuratively. And actually with with rain. I know what I'm saying. This is such a weird, like, like lifeless, like kind of like a limp dick of a movie. I just don't know. <laughs> like there, there's only one scene that made me feel anything. And it's the scene where she's in acting class and she's bad. And then she gets legitimately scared and gives a good performance. And everybody's congratulating her. Like, you really got down to the root of it. And it's like, no, she's just legitimately scared. That's like. That's also the one moment in the film where I was like, okay, Olivia Newton-John is acting. I wish she was doing that for this entire movie. Remind us why she's scared. She sees someone. Doesn't she see Travolta? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he walks into her acting class, like in her eye line, and she just immediately treats him the way anyone would treat the person who robbed them at gunpoint. You know. Yeah. And then he and then he like sneaks into her apartment. Oh, I missed that. I think I gotten report for the movie by, by Yeah, that yeah, point. yeah. He breaks into her apartment and there's a joke about uh he he is just <laughs> something about the doorknob he takes the doorknob of the door off entirely to get in which is terrifying and then there's a joke about uh holding the nuts while you screw oh, oh right he's like fixing her plumbing or yeah something. Oh, no 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 he, yeah like he's the the plumber in a porn movie yeah. <laughs> you see to get the doorknob off you got to tighten the nuts while you screw you see the thing about <laughs> yeah. the thing about travolta Cotta. i think is that he works best with either a woman who is older than him in a film or a woman who is has a more powerful presence than him because he's very his sexual appeal when he had it was um very much just like a kind of just like a pretty boy and like kind of dim but charming and like street smart and it doesn't mesh well with what olivia newton john is doing in this movie which is like essentially just she's basically playing like a little girl coming a little like a you know girl coming to the big city kind of like a following her dreams of being a broadway star right 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 it's very like you know that first part of and drive kind of <laughs> and so it's just like it doesn't really work like it would be one thing if it was like uh if the bank teller was like sassy like just because i've been thinking about barbara streisand a lot imagine <laughs> if it was barbara streisand and he was just trying to romance Barbara Streisand in The Fate of the World is Based on... I actually... I know mm. that would be a better movie. I know <laughs> it would. 
I, I feel I feel this in the depths of my heart. I'm suddenly a Babs stan. I feel this. Because, like, because the thing that makes him work, like, for example, he does three Look Who's Talking movies, and he's with Kirstie Alley. And the whole thing is that Kirstie Alley is a no-nonsense bitch that's like, look, <laughs> I'm tired. I just need a man to be nice to me. Like, are you going to be nice to me? Are you going to show up? Are you going to take care of the kid? Are you going to go to work? And, like, Kirstie Alley has that kind of, like, energy that, you know, puts him in his place. And John Travolta is at his best on screen in a romantic pairing when he's being put in his place. That makes total sense. Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction. He drove the scenes more than Travolta ever did. Yeah. Travolta was the, Travolta's a straight man, uh, comedically. Yeah. He's a great second fiddle. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and a very good dancer, which is why he got famous. And not, really nothing else. He's not a great singer either. Yeah, he's not. Um, and, and part of what made Grease work is that... You know, Danny and Sandy don't really make sense as a couple, and everyone around them is more interesting than they are. That's what's very interesting about Greece. Like, if you ask people who they like the most in Greece, I feel like the answer is Rizzo. <laughs> like, it's Rizzo, because Rizzo is the most interesting. And mm. even... You know, in the end, I mean, much has been said about the end of Greece, where Sandy has her transformation and, uh, you know, the Madonna whore complex and everything. The, the interesting thing about Sandy's transformation at the end of Greece is that she becomes a woman who tells Danny what to do, which is not the kind of woman that she was before. And I think that that's actually the most notable difference and i think that's the reason why he decides to stay with her because he wants because she's be, assertive yeah he wants to be told what to do he wants you a better bad shape bitch. up because yeah. i need a man one who can keep me satisfied yeah i mean the issue is is that he is into sandy for a lot of the movie but because she's so docile and so kind of like easy to lie to he doesn't really see a future with her. In, and I mean, also his friends are assholes. Also his friends and are assholes. And they encourage him to be an asshole. Yeah, right. And so basically Sandy has to become a person that can not only tell Danny what to do, but tell everybody else to fuck off. Yeah. In order to be able to, because like, yeah, it's essentially. To be the one that he wants. Exactly. You are the one uh, who, who, who. Exactly. <laughs> so that's like, that's the whole like arc of her character. But you can't just. I feel like pairing them again completely misses the point of why they were paired together in the first place. They were paired together because they were mismatched. It's not really something that you can replicate again. And I think two of a kind proves that mm -hmm. honestly, like, as I said, like Barbara Streisand would be great in this movie, but you know who would also be great in this stupid movie? Stockard Channing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'd watch it. Yeah. So it's just like, I I think it's a miscalculation of what, because cause the role that he's given is kind of just like this whole, he's trying to, they wrote Travolta as an alpha in this movie where he's just like, kind of like menacing her and like coming into her apartment and like yeah. trying to fuck her. And it just, Edward it, Cullining. It doesn't work with him. 
Yeah. He doesn't have that energy. Can a god be so powerful and all loving to allow this movie to happen? <laughs> How can a god who loves us allow this to happen? Well, I think the most interesting thing about this movie is that it's a movie so bad that I honestly don't have a ton to say about it because there's nothing. There's so it's almost unsalvageable in a lot of ways. Why like, almost like it, sh- like it shouldn't exist. Like, I mean, cause like, you know, there are ways that it would be more tolerable, like adding stuck hard chaining, but the <laughs> initial premise of it just, Almost just, it doesn't feel right. Like it feels. Love will save the world. It feels bad. Like, especially it feels bad because it's like the whole fate of the world is based on the way that white people act. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Um, two straight white people. Them. It's really interesting because it makes me wonder, like, what God is reacting to. I mean, we're back to that again. What is God reacting to? What is he upset about? What are the stakes of this situation? Why? Why did he think the world had gone to hell in the last 25 years? And why would romantic love be the thing that would save us? Yeah. Why not not a different kind of love? Love of community. Love of... Um, I don't know. It's not like they are, it's not like these people are good people who like give back to the community in any way or anything, right? Nope. Yeah. I mean, they're just two selfish people that choose to be selfish together. By selfish, you mean New Yorkers. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a given. It's a given. Um, I... Instead of watching this, just just watch Grease, honestly, or watch Look Who's Talking, or honest, or watch Urban Cowboy because you got to watch John Travolta on a mechanical bull, and it's pretty, it's pretty great. <laughs> and um, should I recommend another movie that you could watch instead of this? Can you think of any? Uh, Angels in America. <laughs> oh my it's, god. It's the only other thing I could think of with like divine intervention and someone's like, Well, Angels in America is a great <laughs> miniseries. It's a really great, it's a great play. Cabin in the Sky is cute. Cabin in the Sky is cute. You can see Eva Waters and her singing is just, you know, out of this world. I love it. Oh, Dogma. Just watch Dogma. Oh yeah, Dogma. Dogma is so good. Dogma is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, just really um, watch anything that's not this. This is a very like fascinating artifact. It's more fascinating the fact that it exists than the actual content of it, unfortunately. It is the most 1983 thing, like in all the bad ways. And all of the cliches of 1983 American filmmaking are here. Yeah, this is just... You know... Lame montages, overuse of stock sets, and just the fact. Oh that my the, god! You know when they're like on that roof, and it's so clearly not a roof. I swear to God, it, <laughs> I am willing to bet that that roof is the same roof where the ending of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie took place. It just looked so familiar. 
It might be the same studio <laughs> oh backlot. Oh my god! Oh my god! That would. Be I'm great. willing to bet money. Oh my god! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first one, way better movie than this. <laughs> I actually think it's like great. Inter- it's one of my favorite films. Like I'm serious. Watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and like we're not. We didn't get too much into the plot of this movie because the stakes really aren't that high for a movie that's all about stakes. The stakes aren't that high. It's something having to do with police and Ernie Hudson looking very good in 1980. And uh, money being stolen And gangsters One of which who doesn't like music And a whole bunch of shit That really right, doesn't matter He just matter. says he doesn't like music like, As a concept As a concept It is really not worth your time It's not even worth a full description I mostly It's wanted not even to, worth a joke it, I mostly wanted to talk about this film on the show Just to talk about everything that was wrong about it And the, stu- the clear studio And like creative miscalculations that were made in this And the appeal of the two stars And how it doesn't work And you know generally I would think that we'd be better at this by now, but we're really not. Studios and directors still think that putting two white people together, like like smashing Barbie and Ken dolls, is, is the best way to sell a film. And it's not, and they should stop it. I mean, especially when you have good romances like A Star is Born that prove that chemistry exists guys it exists and you can find it it doesn't have to be i don't believe that chemistry exists prove me wrong okay honey (laughs) (laughs) i was was trying to do like a i was trying to act like a stock atheist or a stock fundamentalist i mean i'm just I am only interested in this movie because, like, of the theology behind it. Why would God do this? Why would God be that petty? And Why would God create this movie? Yeah. <sighs> and of all the people to, like... <laughs> yeah. What a bad and weird idea. I, I wonder if moment by moment is better than this. I might need to test that hypothesis. Did a church co-fund the movie or something? <laughs> so, yeah. Don't watch this movie. Watch anything else that we referenced. Don't watch any of this director's any other movies, too. They don't seem to be all that good. Um, <laughs> really? I'm pretty sure we'll be missing out on, like, his after-school specials. I mean, what if they're gone forever? What if... How will the culture survive without oh, those? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um... Yeah. Sandy. <laughs> the 80s are very weird. This has been the Bad Romance Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on all the platforms and you can follow us on Twitter and you can email us. And this is Kyle Calgren, my boyfriend. You can Hi. You can watch his videos. You know, he's very adorable. On YouTube.com. Yes, yes. He's very good at the videos, the vidges. Um, yes. Uh, and, um, to, you know, take care of yourself. Drink water. Don't watch bad movies. Don't watch this. Just take our word for it. And and go to church. <laughs> no, no. You know, I mean, do whatever. You, do whatever you need yeah. to do. Like if you need to, you know, pray in like the. If your, of your God bathroom. is willing to bet all of existence on whether or not 
John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John have chemistry. He is not a god worth worshiping. I agree. I agree. Hail I'm- Satan! <laughs> I'm Jordan Hail Searles. Oliver Reed. <laughs> I am okay. Jordan Searles. I am Kyle Calvin, and before we go, I just need to mention that Oliver Reed's character was named Mr. Beasley. Get it? He's a devil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, back it up, back it up. Let's go for strong. Oh, yeah, back it up.